Hi, it's episode 12, season 4 of the Tom Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, my co-host, John Steggles. Afternoon. And back for the first time this season, Mark Stoll from California. Good morning. Right. Uh, busy week, busy week. Um, Palace today. Um, it was a bit of a shower of a shy as a, as a spectacle. Um, but we got the three points. Um John, um, was there any better watching at home? No. <laughs> um, the only good thing about it is we're now going into the international break, level on points of Man United and four points clear of fifth. Um, Man City looked like they're racing away like Chelsea did last year, but it was always going to be flat after the game in the week. There's no way that we could have maintained that intensity and played against Palace like we did. Uh, in, against Real Madrid, the players looked like they were at sixty percent and nowhere near what they needed to, you know, was required of them. Unfortunately, you know, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, "It's only Palace, it's only Palace. We'll be up for that. We'll be out, you know, steamroll them. It will be okay." Look, the, the, it's the Prem, and teams will set up and play to get a result. They've got no respect for what was done in the last game, and they shouldn't have either. It's all about the game that's in front of them. Yeah. And in fact, I think the game on Wednesday would have probably lifted them and thought, let's try harder. They can see the energy we've exerted. They could see the injuries that we had and people weren't going to be playing. So let's go for it and let's try and make a game of it. So it was always not going to be a walkover, a rollover, unfortunately. And it's never going to be easy when the spine of your team is, well, almost the spine of your team is missing. Larice out, Alderweireld, Deli Ali. Um, you know, not not to mention a few other ab- absentees, and then you throw in somebody like Rose, who's only coming back and and finding his feet. Um, Ga- um, Gazaniga, we'll talk about him in a, in a bit, making his debut. Um, that's that many changes is is bound to affect you as well. Yes, it is. It is. Um, I would I would heartily agree with that. But we you play the team that's in front of you with the team you've got. At the end of the day, that's all you can mm. do. Mark. Yeah, I mean, it was it was hard fought. It was it was a Roy Hodgson team, right? Hemorrhoids they are basically. They just hang on and hope not to lose before they really try and and win any games. They gave us a decent game at the end of the day. We were definitely tired. You could see it at the end of the match, but we also had our opportunities to put it to bed too a couple of times. Some got put through, but you know. Like others have said, if it had been Chelsea or City or United, they would have said, oh, they're the kind of games you need to win, you know, to win when you're not playing well to win the title, blah, blah, blah. But with us, it's we're lucky. And, yeah, I'd say that Palace probably deserved the draw. They could feel a little bit hard done by it, but, oh, well, we won. We were the better team in the end. We put the ball in the net. So before the game, there was a lot of talk of... um... You know, we, we've 
we've beaten Madrid 3-1, we've beaten Dortmund 3-1, and we've beaten Liverpool 4-1. And the notion that we do really well at Wembley against more expansive expansive sides, teams that come out and play, but it's the ones that part the bus that, that are difficult to break down. Um, a couple of things on that. Firstly, I think that a lot of teams came to White Hart Lane last season and, and would part the bus and... We often found it, not always, but there were occasions where, where we found it difficult to beat those teams and we narrowly won those matches. But also, I, I, don't, I think today, to be fair to Palace, um, I think they were pretty poor at times. Some of their passing, you know, it, it looked, um, and even some of their finishing l- looked like a team that's, that's struggling. But they didn't come and part the bus, actually. Um, yeah, sure, that they got men behind the ball when they had to, defending numbers, but... Um, I think the the performance and the fact that uh, we still won, but it was only a one nil win, was more down to us not being at the top of our game rather than anything the opposition did. Um, but as you, as you said, Mark, we got the result, and sometimes you need to play a bit ugly um, and and get and pick up pick up the points along along the way. What is it they always say about teams that go on go on and win the championship that they do that over the course of the season? They sometimes grind out results, or they, or they don't play particularly well, and they still manage to get a result, and that's that's part and parcel. And as you, as you said, John, it sets us up nicely going into the into the international break. Yeah, some some of those scrappy wins, or sometimes when you look back, some of the most satisfying when you've not been on on the top of it and, and playing fluidly and, and and having all your players, and they're the ones that you should probably we should probably be taking the most most gratification from. Yeah, it's nice to beat Real Madrid, but. You know, when you're scrapping and you can see the team are uh, uh, 40, 50 or 60, even 60 percent of what they should be and you get grind out that win. That's just as pleasurable, just as pleasurable. Um, a beautiful strike from some that, that obviously settled the game and, and, and got the three points. Um, Mark, is he winning you over? He's, he's, he's improved, but he was atrocious before that goal. I don't care what anybody says. He was he wasn't he the was only giving... one, though. He, he wasn't was, the only one. No, he wasn't the only one, but he was atrocious before that. He was he was all over the place, get passing to them all the time. No, he wasn't the only one, but he was there when it counted, and he's one of our best finishers when it counts too. Mm. At the end of the day, he's saved us on many occasions. I still wouldn't start him in front of others a lot of the time. I still feel he's more of a sub for us. I would agree. If Ali was fit, he would have been on the bench today. I would agree with yeah. that. I'd, I'd agree with that. And uh, look, Kane was carrying a knock, and hopefully he'll be withdrawn from the England squad. And he can have a nice two-week break because um, I think he needs it. Um, but there's a, there's a lovely gif of the um, Korean commentators on Son's goal that we'll put out on the, uh, the, the 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 Twitter account of the commentary from the Koreans. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, if you haven't seen it, go and look for it. But I'll, I'll tweet that out. But yeah, it, he like I say, he wasn't the only poor one. They all gave the ball away constantly. The team had a collective mare. Um, it, it, but the thing is, you can point the finger at those that were being off the races. But three of them had a part in the first goal: Oria, Sissoko, and Son. So you know, they, they, if if they can combine a couple of passes, then they can you know they can pull out a moment of magic. Mm. It, uh- on, just on Uriah and Soko, you mentioned a couple of ob- observations I made during the game. Um, one, Sissoko will continue to, 
divide opinion, and his first touch is still, or in fact, his first and his second and his third, his, his touch is, is poor. Um, yeah, sure, he's doing a lot better for us this season, and he he's playing his part. Um, no one can um, dispute the fact that he's he's not contributing, uh, and he's having, <laughs> he's having a better season this season than, than than last season. And he offers something different with his strength and his and his speed. Um, I wish he would use it more effectively sometimes. Um, the the thing about him is he the the rest of them were having an off day and really poor day, but he was having the same day that he does in every game yeah he looked their equal and he, you know and that was probably him at his 100 percent <laughs> and playing well he i think his second touch is always a tackle because he's losing the ball he's honestly i, I, I i've slated him and i've warmed to him and i'm slate i'm back to slating him um he's a squad player worth 30 million quid no more and it's 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 damning that we have to keep playing him because we're missing players. He's not a playmaker. All he does is run around like a headless chicken. The sooner we can get people like Lamella back to fitness and get on the pitch, the better. I think it is some, it's summed him up, I think, in his place in our team perfectly. It was around the 60th minute. Uh, Vertonghen made a fantastic challenge, won the ball back, and then it was like three or four passes and bam, we were up the pitch. And he got to Suzuko and that's where the quality ended. And that's the thing. To me, he's, he's no more than a, a faster Wanyama. I mean, nobody expects Wanyama to be scoring goals or giving, making assists or anything like that. And Sissoko's the same. He's, when it comes to tackling and, and the hustle and bustle and, and getting involved and winning the ball back, yeah, he's very good. But with a ball at his feet, he's not. Oh. And he's not of the quality of the rest of our squad. He's a second-rate Jermaine Jenis, is what he is. I mean, what what's his what position is he? Is he is he uh, a destroying midfield? Is he uh, uh, like a defensive midfielder? Is he an attacking midfielder? He's not a winger. He's not a number ten. He's not a striker. I, I don't get what he is on the pitch. Um, if he's a box-to-box midfielder, Jenis did it better. He, he he's 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 poor and frustrating. And very obviously, the weak link in our team at the moment. You know, we look better when uh, when Winks went off because of the injury, and Dembele came on. We improved immensely. Yeah. Can, can his injury be that bad that he only plays twenty minutes, half an hour a week? I think we, you know. I think that sadly, I mean, a few weeks back, John, you were on the pod, and and you said something like you had concerns about Dembele becoming another, you know, falling in that Ledley territory where. He can only play so many games, and the longer time has gone, I'm more convinced that, unfortunately, that's the case. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. How many games? Forget about managing him and playing one game a week, or man, or, or playing particular games. Um, you know, and today he might not have come on, or might not have come on as soon as he did if it weren't for the injury to to, to Winks. Um, but how many? When he has played, when he started, for example, how many games has he completed? Has he ever completed a full ninety? I'm not sure that he has this season, and that that is a concern. Just on on Sissoko, the, the, the thing that I found, him and Uriah, both quite frustrating. Uriah, I find that he doesn't, um, again, early days, you know, let's, let's see how that, that particular signing pans out. But I just find that he doesn't, going forward, um, he's not, 
he doesn't threaten ever. I don't ever, ever feel you, you take someone like um, yes. the, the, the the guy that we sold to um, Manchester City. He had his pace. Yeah, maybe his end ball was 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 also not great, like um, like Uriah, But he had the pace. He would the 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 directness to go forward to to sometimes switch into fifth gear suddenly you know uh, and and take a shot and, and and whatever it may be you look at someone like Trippier yeah he hasn't got the pace but you know he's always going to be on the front foot he's always going to look to get that early crossing um and, I, and I'm a firm believer that you know players can certain players like like Trippier Davis they might not have the, the pace of, of of Rose and say um the the lad that we sold to Manchester, Manchester City but um so they play within their their means but they they will offer something different. So Trippier offers wonderful crosses. With Uriah, there isn't that directness. He keeps checking in. Um, that being said, he does seem to link up. Him and him and Sissoko seem to have a, have an understanding. And as the game grew on, particularly in the second half, there was a few moments where there was a little bit of inter- interchange of passing, and I think like Uriah would lay, lay it on to. to They'd do a quick one-two, and Sissoko would would give it to Uriah, and then make a run, and then Sissoko would break free and and get a ball into the into the box. I think there might have been one, maybe two occasions where Sissoko crossed it and actually put a half decent ball in the in the box, but there wasn't anybody on the end of it. Um, so there's certainly a good understanding there, and that will develop over time and get better still. But you know, and, and they're supposed to be good friends off the pitch, but. Don't know something ordinary. I feel with no, with Uriah. I, I totally agree with you with Uriah. I actually f- was thinking that watching the game today, I was like, "Fuck! Like, why isn't he as like boisterous and aggressive going forward as he is when he's defending? It should be the other way around. It should be a little bit more cautious defending, and be flying up the wing, you know, and, and going for it more when he goes forwards. Definitely, he's 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 a little bit scary to me still. I think Pox. Poch has definitely still got some work to do with him, mm. and not if anything. I mean that their haircut as well. He's a little bit cat from Red Dwarf at the moment <laughs> for me. Uh, there's a, a discernible gulf between him and Trippier. Um, for, for all the talk of um, comparing trips to the the boy from Sheffield, uh, Trippier defensively and his final ball is a world apart from what Ori has provided today. Defensively, he was awful. Going forward, he was average, but uh, you know, it, I can't see uh, at the moment. I wouldn't play him. I'd, I'd, he needs games, but that's the dichotomy, isn't it? Trippier, if he would have been, I don't was it Trippier injured or was he just rested? I think he was rested. Uh, so, uh, quick, quick question for both of you: If I mean, obviously, particularly with modern day football. Um, Players have rotated quite often, and, and Pochettino will also often look at the opposition and pick certain players. But if 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 everybody was fit, including Wanyama, including Lamella, um, and you had to pick your strongest eleven, um, irrespective of whether we go with a back four or with wing backs, who would you have at right back or right wing back, and who would you have at left back or left wing back? At the moment, I play Davis right back over Rose. Rose needs time. Davis has done enough to prove that he can play that role well and I'd go with Trippier on the other side Okay, Mark I'd say the same and actually I truly believe that 
Davies is better than Rose. Mm. I really do. Everybody, uh, Rose looks prettier and he makes those runs and all this kind of stuff. But Rose, when Rose, Rose's final ball generally is a hopeful ball into the box. With Davis, he's, he actually looks up and he's trying to find somebody. They're, they're like night and day, but everybody loves Danny Rose. And Let's they, not they, think... Go on. Sorry, finish your and, point. And, you know, and, and everybody loves Danny Rose and thinks Davis is, you know, can be a liability, but I actually think Davis is a more intelligent player. 100%. More, more intelligent than Rose is. And he doesn't get caught out that often. Davis has been solid since he's come in for Rose. He started off nervy as an improved match on match on match. And he, Rose was getting into the box because we were overloading players and everybody was being pulled out of position. And Davis has done that several times this season as well. Uh, and, you know, and, and having shots at goal. I th- I'd rather have... Hello? I kept going. And Trippier both kept their heads down and kept going. You're right, Jav, you there? I'm still here. Um, I lost you for a bit. Oh, sorry. Um, you said something like, I'd rather have... I'd rather have um, Davis than Rose. Okay. Definitely. How, how much did we miss? Um, it was about five or ten seconds. I I, I lost that, a few. That was the best comment I've ever made on the <laughs> podcast, and you've, <laughs> you've missed it. I agree with you, it was. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was so good it's been lost forever um just on uh, yeah I, at the, on the on the on the left back left back i would probably say uh, yeah, it's not much in it really davis has played so well that i, I, I it, it would pain me to 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 to, to drop him um uh, the premise of my question was if it was a fit fit you know if we had a fit everybody and we have got rose back fully fit but is he match fit? Is he quick enough? You know, he would have to hit the form of last season for me to even consider dropping Davis. So at the moment, I'd go with Davis. And on the right, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer. Trippier. If you're picking a strong, strongest eleven, Trippier easily. I wouldn't um, wouldn't hesitate for a mo- moment. Mark, you said something interesting about Davis. You said that his he looks up and his passes, his crosses were calculated. Um, or, or, or I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly what Uria I don't I feel doesn't do. He doesn't look up, and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's just aimless with him, or or, or he'll just cut back. Um, and that's exactly what Walker used to do, right? Mm-hmm. He'd go flying down the ring, and you'd think he would keep going, and suddenly you would do that little check back, or instead of crossing the ball first time, you'd have to roll it in front of himself. I, I th- and, and, yeah, I think Uria's a. a Slightly worse than that, even. I just think he he lacks mm-hmm. the the courage to, uh, you know, just to 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 you know break in the box to to just to be direct. Um, I think Walker at least did that to a degree. He did he did check in a lot, but he he would also sometimes check in and then pass it to Ericsson and then make that run run mm-hmm. ahead, and then Ericsson would would pass it to him and he, he'd try to get across from 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 the byline occasionally. But Aria, yeah. Um, Gazaniga made his de- debut. I think a lot of eyes when when the, when the when the team sheet was announced, a lot of people were like, you know, where's form and and so forth, so forth. But apparently had an injury. Um, as I understand it, he was voted man of the match on BT. Yep. And there's a lot I've read on social media. A lot of people saying that he was man of the match. Now, um, 
I must have been watching a different game, and I haven't mm. I haven't seen the highlights subsequently, or anything on on TV, so I, I can't comment. But only on what I saw in the ground, I thought there was one or two shaky moments from him, um, which is not wholly unexpected because he's a, effectively a third goalkeeper and he's making his debut. And then after that, I thought he did okay, but I don't think he did anything to warrant man of the match, unless I'm missing something. I, there was three exceptional saves that kept us in it. There was a the but on the counteract of that. There was a flap where he in the early in the first half, where he took he slapped the defender right on the top of his Mohican. Yeah. And there was the one where he came out and, and Zaha went past him and he shot wide. Yeah. But Loris would come out that quickly as well, and he's prone to doing that kind of ricket as well. So I'm mm. quite happy to let that one slide. But the three saves that he did make, when you see them again, Jav, they were really, really crucial and kept us in the game. And I think that's, and I think the fact that it was his debut, that's probably why they they went with it. But Dyer today and Vertonghen were yep. exceptional. Or Dyer was brilliant D- today. Dyer was my man of the match. He made at least one or two tackles, um, sliding tackles. When Zaha broke through and got got the better of Sanchez, um, who, by the way, I thought had a bit of an average game today. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would agree. He's still a good player, and he's still playing really, really well. Mm. And you can't fault him. But he, he, again, across the park, I don't think you would rate anybody apart from Gazaniga and Dyer over seven out of ten. To be honest with you, so it's you know it's indicative of the rest of the way the rest of the team played. Mark, yeah, I think I think I think uh, Gazaniga made a fantastic save. In fact, I thought they had scored. I literally thought they had scored the first opportunity they had. The header. Yeah. I thought it was. In. I thought it was in. I. Th- I actually. I think I had looked away and like, in one of those oh, for fuck's sake moments, and was like, oh shit, he saved it. And it, it was. It was definitely a good save. It, it was almost. It was almost. It was as good as Loris's against Real Madrid, where he got down and, and saved it. It was a great save because it was coming to him for a crowd of players, and he can't have seen it that early. Right. And I, I was reading, I was reading that um, his only other his his debut for Southampton was against us, and he kept a clean sheet and got man a match in that game. And they've also interviewed him afterwards, and he said, you know, I come in and do my best, and I'm going to slowly start trying to make my way into that number one spot. And it's really nice to hear him say that because yeah. he's got a hell of a mountain to climb. The, the real sure. reason, he, real reason he played is because he's from the same town as Poch. Is he yeah. really? Is he from Murphy? Yeah, yeah, he's 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 from the same town, so I think there's a bit of bias there. Yeah. But yeah, so the the save that he made, the one that you referred to, Mark, was that in the second half? First half. First half. Okay. Yeah. It was first half. It was. It really was a cracking save, Jav. It really was. Okay. Yeah. When when you when you see him, you'll 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 see uh, they were three really good saves, and they I think they outweigh. The, the two potential rickets that he made. Yeah. Um, before we talk about Madrid, we've got um, obviously international break, yawn, um, Ooh, and fuck. then exactly, and then Arsenal, Arsenal next two weeks, two weeks time, Saturday the eighteenth. Um, how do we see that one? Predictions. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, I, I, I'm going to plump for a draw for that one. Um, I'd like to go there and say we're going to dominate and batter them like we did Brazil, Real Madrid. Um, but I can't. I can't see unless we get Ali back and Kane back fully fit. 
I don't think it. I can't see past the draw. Well, Kane, Kane should be back. Sorry, Kane is. I mean, he, he went off early, but he but he seems fine. Um, Alderweireld might be a concern whether he's back in time for that one. But the thing is, they won't be allowed to go to the the, um, the internationals. And who, Ali, who, Ali's Ali's withdrawn already, but they haven't said anything about Kane withdrawing. I, I'd I'd take him out. I'd just say, look, he can't play. Mm. Well, two. I know it's Germany and Brazil, but it's two meaningless friendlies for fuck's sake. It, I, I, I feel that way about every fucking international break, to be quite honest. I'm, ho- <laughs> I'm hoping that, that Winks is withdrawn as well. Yeah, I would hope so too. 11 games, we've played 11 games, and we've had three international breaks this season. I know it's the same every season, but three fucking international breaks. That's fucking stupid. No wonder, you yeah. know, fat- fatigue comes into it. If it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It goes back to the argument that you play, um, you qualify by having a mini tournament in the summer before where there's no football and that's how everybody qualifies for the tournament and you don't have these stupid international breaks. Then you get your winter break in. Mm. Fucking stupid. We need Bex for a rant here. Come on, Bex. <laughs> rant. Mark, Mark, how do you see the um, Woolwich game? The Woolwich game? Uh, 2-1 win to us. I watched, the, I watched them against City today. And uh, they had the game plan. I thought they played pretty decently. They just don't have the players anymore. Yeah. And man for man, they ain't as good as us. And I think we're getting more, we're growing more and more confident in ourselves. And I just, I think we're going to beat them. I really do. So apart from their League Cup victory against us um, in 2015, they've never beaten us in the league under Pochettino. Um, we've played them three times away from home. All of those matches, incidentally, have been one-all draws. Um, but with each and every game, we, we've improved and they've regressed. And I think I think we can go there and win. And, and yeah, much will depend on... Kane hopefully should be okay, but Deli Alley out of Erald, um I think we could do really do with Harry Winks. We'll, we'll talk about him and, and his performance against Madrid in a, in a, in a bit. Um I think particularly if Dembele can't, if he, for example, if he's not fully fit or he can't play play the full ninety, I really think we'd need Winks for that game. But I think we'll we'll win that two one. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I hope you're right, but I'm going for the draw. Um, right, Madrid. Um, what a performance! Is that Pochettino's finest hour? It was a bit fucking good, wasn't it? Eh? Mm. <laughs> really? We'll talk, but talk about two contrasting matches, really. But no, it was fucking brilliant. Absolutely. I, I was uh, had to go to a I, I, the uh, the under tens that I coach. It was the the club meeting that that night. And I was like, you're, you're joking, aren't you? It's Tottenham Real Real Madrid, and I've got to come and sit in this fucking meeting. So I sat in the football club. They've got it on the big screen, and they're all doing their talking. And I'm just watching the match. And Alan looks at me and he goes, right, we'll try and do this in 45 minutes so we can go and watch the football. Yeah. They didn't finish till gone full time. And I just, I said my 10 minutes worth a bit and just fucked off and watched the, the game. Uh, I, there was no way I was going to miss that. We were, we were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. When you texted me, Jav, I was half cut. I'd had about five pints. I, I was near, I, you know, I struggled to get up for work the next day. It was, it was just absolutely glorious. Absolutely glorious. One of the best matches I can remember, 
Uh, that third goal was a thing of glory, but and I'll take an offside goal and I'll take a scrappy deflection just to see that smug look wiped off Ronaldo's fucking dirty Portuguese face. Brilliant, brilliant game. Loved it. Who who was your John? Who was your man of the match for that one? My man of the match. I'd say I have to say Ali for that. He worked mm. his absolute socks off all game for that. Absolutely brilliant from start to finish. He was in their faces. He was pulling the defenders out of out of uh, position but Harry Kane in that match did something that summed up the whole team the ball was going out for a for a goal kick and he the the, the player was left it was jogging and Harry Kane came sprinting past him made him put a challenge in we got a throw in the ball came back in and we scored 30 seconds later yep. so that uh, uh, that little bit there sums up what this uh, the work rate that this team do but I'd have to give it to Ali for, for that game I thought he was brilliant yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. Um, straight after 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 the game, I, I, I had Ali as um, as the man of the match, but you could make a case for for Kane certainly. Um, you could make a case for the Tongan, who was superb once again and, and has been all season. Um, Uriah, Dyer, Harry Winks, I thought was superb, absolutely superb in 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 the middle of the park. And you, we look at the games he started this season: uh, Madrid home and away, United away. Liverpool at home he started for England recently and he's just he's bossing the middle of the park and at the yeah. mo- at the moment um if you ask me who's my favorite Tottenham player um I'd probably say Harry Winks um and he for me he would be one of the first te- names on the team sheet I think he's just superb he's just a, he's just different class yeah I mean he 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 bossed Modric and that's lovely to say he absolutely bossed him throughout that game he, he he made you know and and it's almost like a changing of the guard. He's young, he's British, and he he can play that way. It, it's lovely to see, and I, I'd be worried about leave, losing him in the summer more than I would be players like Ali and Kane, if I'm honest, because I think if the money that Ali and Kane would command is so great, I don't think there's any teams bar three or four that could pay that money. But Winks, I think they could. Uh, there would be. There's an offer that could be made there of sixty odd million quid, and he he could go for that kind of money. I think that that's a worry for me. I think he's he's always so like he's brave. He's got courage. Just to, he never goes. I said this before. He never goes hiding. He's always seeking the ball. He's always asking for the ball. He's always looking up, and he's always looking looking for that f- forward pass. And sometimes it will come off. Sometimes it won't. It, it won't. Um, but when it does, like for example, the, the, the first goal, that that ball into Trippier, that was just beautiful. Um, good cross from Trippier, good finish at, Ali at, at the end of it. And I think it was the third goal. It started off with Winks, I believe. Winks passed it into Delhi. Delhi broke forward, released Kane, and then Kane put Ericsson through. Um, it was a superb move. Yeah, but that, I mean, they, Madrid did their usual thing of trying to do niggly little shitty fouls all the way through the game. Uh, and and no more so in that that third goal. There was somebody trying. I can't remember who it was. Was trying to pull pull Ali back, who wriggled away and then pushed it on to uh, Kane. But yeah, holding Modric off for that goal, lovely, lovely stuff. I, th- th- I was totally jealous of of everybody in that stadium at that moment. It, it, it was it was just you know swelling of pride. Um, and there, there's a big Spurs contingent in the the sports club where I went to the football meeting or where I, I go for a pint or two. And it, it was the, the the atmosphere was brilliant, absolutely brilliant that night. A lot's been made of um, the fact that this Madrid team isn't doing particularly well, and 
and and whatnot. Um, just for a bit of context, they are the most decorated club um, in, in in Europe in terms of Champions League or European Cups. Um, they've they're the current holders. They've won it three times in the last four seasons. They have arguably the best player in the world, or joint best player, whatever you want to call it. He's up there in, in the top two. Ronaldo. They've got Modric. They've got Isco, who, who's a superb player. Uh, and various others, um, and I don't care how poorly they're, they're they're doing this season in their domestic league. They are still Real Madrid, and for us to for us firstly to go go to their backyard and, and pick up a point and play really well, and then to beat them three one at Wembley, um, which isn't our home. They, some... they hadn't lost a group game for something like fifty six, fifty seven games or mm. something ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, we we take we've taken four points out of them in literally two away games. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't, and like you say, Jav, I don't give a fuck if they if people say, oh, it's a weekend side. Fuck them. It's Real Madrid. Any any it's, team would love to take four points off them. It's fucking Real Madrid, man. It's a weekend. Brilliant result. It's a weekend Spurs side. We haven't got Wanyama. We haven't got we haven't got um, Lamella. We didn't have. Uh, Danny Rose isn't fully fit. Yeah, you could you could say the same about us. Um, Alderweireld Alde went off injured. All, all these little reasons for it being, uh, you know, oh, it's this, it's that, it's the other. It's the it's the death rattle of people having arguments against why we're becoming so good, and and it's and it's another two fingers, one finger up to people saying, "Fuck off! Look, we really are getting this good. Winks is really this good." You know, we're playing in a really good way, you know, and people are sitting up and taking notice and more and more people are being very, very complimentary about us, but barbed with, can we keep the players? Can we keep the manager? You know, we haven't won anything. It's only a weakened team. Oh, it's a group of deaf. You're never going to qualify from that. We'll see you in, you know, it, there's, there's, always, there's always a little snidey little comment, there's, you know, but the, the, uh, the proper comments are getting louder and louder and more apparent. Oh, the silence was deafening as far as I'm concerned because for me, you know, I hate a bunch of the other fucking clubs. But if they had pulled a result like that, I would have probably made a comment or said to, you know, my friends that support them that got to give it up to you, you deserve that win and well done. And there was virtually nothing from anybody. Everyone was silent. I mean, look at what Ian Wright was saying about how frightened he is of our good Tottenham again and continue to get. And we, we are, we are just when you think is, is this it? Have we, have we peaked? We, we are continually improving. We're continually getting better. Our squad's getting better. Our game management's getting better. Everything is getting better. We're getting stronger all the time. And uh, we've got to win something. Do you know why that is? And, And do you know why that is? Do you know what, do you know why we continue to improve? Poch. Exactly. One, yeah. one word, Pochettino. And yeah. if that's not apparent to anybody, read his book. Um, I just finished reading his book, and it, it's a real eye-opener. Eye um, but it, it's improving year on year. That that for him is, is, is the goal, really. And trophies will follow. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you okay? No, I'm choking. I'm choking on my tears of happiness. Um, <laughs> no, the, uh, the, the book, the quote at the start of the book is glorious. And that'll be 
one of those quotes that's um, held up there with the ones from Bill Nick and things like that. And, uh, you know, he, he, he does come across as a very, very canny manager. And I'm, I'm so glad he's with us. So glad he's with us. Uh, and you know, when I walked into work the next day, um, slightly hungover, you know, I just sat down at my desk morning, said morning to people and people came up to me and said, bloody hell, great result last night. Good result. Really good result. And when the Gooners came in, they didn't say a fucking word. And I didn't say a word to them. I didn't gloat. I didn't give anything. I didn't say anything. And then the next morning when we went in on the Thursday morning, said, you're playing tonight then? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's just keeping it a bit cold and quiet because the amount of, you know, the, 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 the year where we were under Leicester and came third, you know that it was just, it, some of the it's so painful, but I think it goes as a Spurs fan where everybody's waiting for the the, the crash to come, the 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 dip the 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 chance Hoping. to be. Yeah, it's we're waiting looking for for where it's going to fall around our ears. You know, even at you know three one, there was a part of me deep down inside going, I take the draw now. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, as a Spurs fan, that's what you expect. You expect it to go tits up somewhere along the line, and it, it it's. Just it, it's I'm riding a crest of a wave at the moment, really am. So I'm, I'm just it's it's beautiful, and I'm just lo- loving it at the moment, absolutely loving it. I think that that season, that crash at the end of that season, um, finishing third in a two-horse race, the capitulation in that final game, that five-one defeats in Newcastle. I think that will be. I think that has, and it will continue to be the making of this team or this squad. Um, because we we responded to that last season by improving and answering a lot of difficult questions which were which were raised and I and I think we we we're, there's a resilience now about about this Tottenham side um, and things can only get better. Better um, just on Kane um, in that match. I mean, he's done it all season. He did it against Liverpool recently, but there were a few times where he'd get the ball. Um, he had his back face to goal. There might be two, three defenders on him. He'd been in really tight positions, but he would just turn and use his strength and beat them. And it was almost Bale-esque. Um, now, by that I mean, obviously, he doesn't have the, the pace of Bale, but Bale would, for example, get the ball in wide areas and he would use his pace and he would just beat people. And it was almost superhuman. And it was like, how did he do that? He's got no right to do that, but he's done it. Kane, I, I feel that Kane does the same, but with his strength, his upper body strength and his skill and his perseverance and his ability to turn and beat people and then chase lost causes, um, like, for example, that, that throw-in that, that we won. Um, he, was, he was absolutely superb. He was, he was running them ragged. Um, who do we fancy? So we, we've qualified with two games to, 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 to spare, um, and although we haven't won the group, we're top of the group, and it's it's in our own hands. I think a point against Dortmund would probably probably secure top spot. I would think, assuming we beat Applewell in the final game, and assuming well, assuming both Real and ourselves beat um, beat our respective sorry win our respective games against Applewell, then a point point against Dortmund, I think, should should see us through the group winners. Obviously, we we have to do that. Um, but uh, is there anybody that you fancy in the last 16? So I looked, right, so from what I understand, teams from the same group or same association can't be drawn against each other. Correct, yep. Right, so if we win the group, it's looking like, as the group stand at the moment, we've got Basel, CSK, Moscow, Bayern, Juve, Shakhtar or Porto 
who look like they're going to come second in their groups at the mm-hmm. moment. Seville's on the Seville is on the fence there. I think Sporting as well possibly might as well. I think mean, they're thirds, but yeah. not too far off. If we if we come second in our group at the moment, we can draw PSG, Roma, Barca, or Besiktas, and that is presuming that the other four English teams go through. Yep. So I, I think there could be a problem if with certain results and not being able to draw same same teams from the same association and same group going forward because there's five English teams. Yeah. I think there might I might think there might be a problem coming for the Champions League there. Yeah, I did, but, did think about how they're going to resolve that one. Yeah, out of those, I would like Seville. Um, Porto would be nice. Yeah, but fuck it, why not Barcelona? Why, why not Barcelona or PSG? <laughs> fuck it, take you know, just play the game that comes up. Play mm. who's in front of you. Mark, is there anybody that you fancy? I want Bayern. I want I want fucking Arsenal's fucking hoodoo team, and I want to turn them over or, or not get turned over by them at the very least. I want Bayern. They're not as good as they have been. They've been declining slightly a little bit too, I think. I want Bayern. Mm. i tell you who I don't want. I don't want CSK. Um, or I think Shat, 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 I can't pronounce them. Donetsk. Shakhtar. 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 Don't fancy them either. Long trip. Um, I don't want Basel simply because we played them in the Europa a few seasons ago, and it's just just not a, it's just not a glamour tie. Um, I'd quite like one of the Portuguese teams, Sport, uh, Porto or Sporting, would be nice. Maybe Juventus. Um, just something a bit different. Um, I mean, the thing is, even if you win it, we could get Bayern, Juve. Yeah. You know, there's, there, it's the Champions League. There's no easy teams in it. But, yeah, I think priority is to win the group. Absolutely. I think Barcelona yeah. Barcelona would, 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 would be nice, but I'd rather play them later on in the tournament. Um, I'd like to get through the next round just because of the money as well. Shit, yeah. have you seen how much money that Leicester got last year for getting to the quarters? Yeah. Crazy. Okay, um, in the second half of the podcast, we'll take some of your questions, but before we do, here is Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies update. Yo, it's Bex. Um, so this week in the world of Spurs Ladies, it's been um, a bit up and down. So I said last week I didn't understand why they were playing two Continental Cup games, um, and then Javad kindly, offline, pointed out to me it's because I'm a bit thick, and it's a round robin. Um, they're put into two groups, and obviously they play group games rather than knockouts. So apologies for that, and um, quite clearly I'm dense, but thanks, Jav, for pointing that out to me. So they played on uh, midweek, where they had a really, really good game. They played a WSL1 team Yeovil. They played that down at Hewish Park and ran out of their 2-1 winners. Yeovil scored on 36 minutes, and we had to wait till the 63rd minute before Sarah Wiltshire, who is a previously uh, was a Yeovil player, scored the equaliser. And then it all got a little bit frantic right up until uh, injury time when Ronell Humes um, lobbed the keeper from distance, which is always really good, and especially to beat a WSL1 team. However, then there was today, which is Sunday, uh, where we didn't do so well. We played at home and lost 4-1 to Brighton ladies. As usual, it's really hard to find out details of where um, the ladies fit, either in the league games and in the league and then in the where they fit in their group game for now so apologies i can't give you that but i will give you an update next week let's just pretend that somebody's going to update the website for that 
So looking ahead, the ladies play next Sunday. They play a league match against Donny Bells. Uh, that's at Chesson at 2 o'clock on Sunday, the 12th of November. be really good uh, to get down and see if you have the availability and the time. I'm fairly sure tickets aren't that expensive. Certainly cheaper than going to watch Spurs men. Anyway, that's it for me. If you need anything else, I am on Twitter at Bunchy Specs. Thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tom Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, let's finish off with some questions. Um, we've got a question on Twitter from Zach Wasink. Um, his Twitter handle is at Zach Wasink. Um, he says, is Sanchez the Premier League buyer of the season? Has to be in the eleven just about every week- weekend moving forwards. Would you agree with that? He cost less than Sissoko, didn't he? Slightly I mean, more. I think 38 million. Okay, I, I thought it was 28, but um, that's probably just my poor memory and alcohol addling it. Um, but yeah, I'd say he's, he's one of the buyers of the season. He's, he's exceptional. He really is. He's a great, for a 21-year-old, the way he's stepped up and the way he plays. I mean, he didn't, he, again, he didn't have a good game today, but again, nobody did. But yeah, he's, 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 he can be relied on, is what he can be. Mark? Uh- I think he's I think he's done well. He's good. I'm not as crazy about him as a lot of people are. I think he's all right. He's done well, but he damn well should do well considering the the defensive rock he has all around him. Um he looks like he's going to score pretty soon, I reckon, from a corner or something. He's been getting closer and closer. Hopefully we can start utilizing him there, but he's good. I mean, he he's, he hasn't done anything wrong, but I don't think he's Amazing just yet. Not for me. Okay. Um, based on what I've seen, I'm, I'm a fan. I think he's he's done particularly well, particularly in, in you know the big European matches. Um, I think there are one or two areas of his game that he needs to improve. Um, I'd question his speed. Everybody says he's fairly quick, but I've seen a few times this season in, in one-on-one situations, like today with Zaha, when he play against somebody really pacey forwards and he doesn't seem to have the pace and t- today it was dire on one or two occasions coming back and saving his bacon well the, the, the way the defense plays you always have somebody covering someone else if somebody's yeah. out of position there's somebody else there so it's, that's always going to happen but it, it just it just seemed in those one on one to one scenarios that he wasn't perhaps as quick as everybody says he says he is. Look at it next time. Look at it against. I noticed against Salah when when we played Liverpool, um, Zaha to, to, today as well. Both of them, particularly Zaha, are, are admittedly very fast players, but he didn't seem as quick. Maybe I'm being hypercritical, um, but I mean otherwise. Otherwise, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, if we play with the back four. He wouldn't get in, in in the team for me. If we're playing with a back three, he would, almost certainly. Um, the interesting one is, would you... Poch, Pochettino um, this has a tendency, if he, if he has all his best players available, he'll try to accommodate them in the team. Now, if everybody was fit and available, would Pochettino play... Two midfield players, let's just say Winks and Dembele, or Winks, Dembele, and Winyama, ahead of Dyer, for example. And if he did that, would he therefore, to accommodate Dyer, play Dyer at the back and drop Sanchez? I don't. Well, would you like to second guess Poch and what he does? Well, really? that, that's what I'm. 
I, I think I'd trust what he does and who he'd name. I'd, I'd say that um, it would be a difficult decision, mm. but he's playing the players that he's got, and it'll be a nice, nice quandary to have when they're all back and fit. Um, I, I wouldn't like to call that one actually, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm weaseling out. Of, I'm weaseling out of that one. Mark, I think he'll he would go. With what he knows, I think he would drop Sanchez. No problem. How can you argue against uh, Toby and Jan? You just can't. Or Toby and Jan with Dyer in front of him. Yeah. You can't. You can't argue with that. No. We've never really had it. I mean, this season, last season, we were blighted with injuries. It wasn't too bad in the first season. Sorry, um, not the first season. In Potter's second season two years ago when we were actually quite lucky with injuries but it'd be really nice if we had everybody fit and available and we got an idea of what our strongest starting 11 was Um, it'd be interesting you know for example would Lamella would have fit fully match fit firing on all cylinders Lamella get in the team um, he was a regular in 2015-2016 would he now would 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 Dyer if he was fully fit would he start in midfield and if not would he play at the back ahead of Sanchez these are all things I'd, I'd, I'd love answers to questions that I'd, I'd love to know but until we get everybody fully fit um, at the same time who knows um, Richard Healy it appears our main rivals this year are going to be Man City whilst I believe our defence is stronger can the pods tell how our midfield it's better than cities. Eleven yeah. games played, they have a twelve-point gap for second place after eleven games. They're, they're, they're more than the rivals. I, I've got a horrible. Well, I've got a, a feeling they're going to do it invincibles and go unbeaten. They've certainly got it within them, hmm. and they're going to take that poxy gold cup away from Arsenal that they've had that every year the Gooners go, well, we've won our trophy this year when somebody gets beaten. And I fucking hope they do that. Um, is our midfield better than City's? Being honest, I would say it's not. I think it, watching City, I watched City today. The way they went through, they looked like they could score every time they went forward. Um, Silva, De Bruyne, um but are you talking Salah. about their midfield or their attacking midfield, right? Because Fernandinho ain't anywhere near as good as Dembele or Dyer, as far as I'm concerned, for one. It says midfield, so... Are we? Yeah, OK, that needs some clarification, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, defensively, possibly not, but... If you can attack them, if you can get past Fernandinho, then then the defence is susceptible. I'd say that much. Um, still, but going forward, they're 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 frightening going forward. I think it's all fucking premature. They've done great up till now. Let's see what happens when they start losing. When they lose a game, let's see what happens when they get an injury or whatever. We'll we'll see because. Right now, it's pissing me off. Everybody's like, everyone already. People are talking about being invincibles. It's fucking only just November. Come on now, um, one hell of a feat. That is one hell of a feat, and the league's stronger than what it was when Arsenal won it. I'd say too. I mean, yeah, I'd agree that, with that. That's 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 asking way too much. 
for me. And yeah, they're good, but Arsenal Arsenal gave them a game today, like I said earlier. If Arsenal had the players, it could have been a different ball game. Totally different game. We'll see what happens when we play them too. I mean, I'm not discounting they're good. De Bruyne is fantastic. You know, they they are good going forwards, but I don't know. I don't think, like I say, players like Fernandinho, uh, Delph, they ain't as good as... Uh, they ain't as good as Wanyama, either of them, if you ask me. And he's not even our best. So, I don't know. The, I, I've got a stick in my ass about City right now and everybody talking them up a little bit too much. We'll see. Hmm. It's difficult. I mean, De Bruyne, well, he's got the, I think he's got the most assists in the Premier League last time I looked, but Ericsson isn't too far behind. Um... They look really good going forward. They look like a well-oiled machine, but we—I don't think we've hit the heights that we can just yet. So, you know, let let's let's see it. Let's you know when when we're in full flow, um, we're pretty tasty. Um, just on their um, moving away from the question slightly, just on their eight-point leads, we had we were how many points behind Chelsea in January when we played them? Was it 13 points? Yeah. And we cut that down to 10, and then we cut it down to 7, and then I think it was about April time, we cut it down to 4. And okay, when then, then went back to 7. Um, 8 points in November. Yeah. Bearing in mind, City have got difficult games. They've got to play United. Um, and they've got to play us. And then there's also, yeah. the, there's also the Christmas period. Um and one thing that Tottenham teams under Pochettino have done well in the last three years is over Christmas, over that busy period, and if you actually look at this, particularly the calendar month of December, I think we're in, in about seven or eight fixtures. Okay, one of them's Champions League, but I think there are something like seven league fixtures over the course of December that, that we're playing. Over those months, we actually tend to do really well. Um, we did well really, really well last season. We did well the season before. Um we don't drop that many points. A lot of the teams around us will do. So let's see what the gap is come come Christmas. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we're top of the table by Christmas Day. I'm going to keep saying that every pod, just to hammer the message I'll have, home. I'll have some of what you're on, please, Gav. Um, it only takes for them to have a couple of draws and, and we win and we're back in it. it eight points say nothing at this point in time. It really isn't. I, I think, Once it starts getting to 10, 12, then it becomes way more of a mountain, you know? Yeah, look, we've had, you know, again, this time last year, we had a really tough October and November last season, dropping all, or drawing all those matches in October. You contrast that with this year, we've done obviously really well in Europe. Um, the only blip over the October, sorry, just into November period, was the defeat to United. Um, we've we've won today. It was ugly, but we've we've got the three points going going to international break. And then I think we've only got two league matches in November: Arsenal away and West Brom at home. If we can get through those games, I don't care how we do. If we can get those through those games, and sure enough, I'm sure the teams around us will start to drop points. We then move into that period in December and there are lots of points to be won and I'm confident that that's when we're going to start to hit form and and going in, in, into the new, new, new year um, 
and I think it'll be a lot tighter. Um, last few questions. David Fornell, I'm a bit concerned that we are unable to carry enough threat from corners and dead ball positions. Is this an Achilles heel going forward, especially to break down the bus parking? We've had this problem for years. Yeah. Can't be the first man from corners. Uh, I'd like to see Trippier do, taking corners. Yep. I've said this before. Yep. Get Trippier on the corners. Have Ericsson on the edge of the box. He can smash him in. That'll improve us. But yeah, tri- Trippier on corners. That should improve us. Even for even, every free kicks that are just going to be floating in the box. Get trips or, on them. Or even um, Lamella. Yeah. Yep. He, to be fair, he took them when he was playing. Yes, mm. I'd agree with that as well. Yeah. That's fine. But yeah, we have an inability and we've had it for years. It's been a soft point of our game, unable to beat the first man. And I think the last time we had a good um, like a corner-taking record was when we had Terry, Teddy Sheringham when it was the, the, the near Anderson. post flick on. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near post flick on. Lovely. We started the season before last. We did pretty well for corners. I think uh, Toby scored a few, didn't he? From corners, yep. didn't he score against City? Um, yeah, I was actually—I can remember thinking at the time, like shit, we're actually starting to score from corners. This could be real good, but yeah, it's definitely fallen by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, and then direct free kicks, Ericsson, please just score. I don't, I, I, you know, I was there at Swansea two years ago and witnessed those two free kicks. Um, two plus two and a bit years on, I can't believe he still hasn't scored one for, for, for Spurs. That is. Well, yeah, the quality he's got. I mean, shit, that free kick against Sheffield United is still one of the, my favourite mm. free kicks ever scored by a Tottenham player. It's just amazing. OK, let's move on. Um, Kareem Cronfill, there is a lot of negativity against tourists coming to Spurs, especially... Coming to Spurs games, especially now we have a bigger stadium to fill. Might it not be better to consider these tourists as potential new fans? How many of us, um, of our sorry, how many of us uh, international brethren and sorority have joined the ranks of the Spurs faithful, having seen a game either on TV or in the flesh? We've all had to start from somewhere, and not everyone was taken by their dad or mum when they were a nipper and live within walking distance of the lane. Um, he's got an interesting... I, Karim sent this question about a week ago and straight away I thought that this is a really interesting point for debate because um, I'm as guilty as... When I see tourist fans at White Hart Lane, occasionally at way matches, we're still at, you know, at Wembley. Um, my... Inclination. My natural inclination is, you know, that they they seem a bit out of place. They they don't they don't know the words to the to chants and to songs, and they don't mix and 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 so forth. Having said that, um, you know, I, I know there are a lot of friends, people I know that that are from overseas that don't get that opportunity to to watch Spurs and. And when they do, you know, they've got just as much right as as the next person. And and, um, we're not, he's right, we're not, a lot of people support Spurs for a a variety of reasons, but not everybody, for example, lives within walking distance of of the ground. In fact, the whole notion of, you know, most Spurs fans, I would argue, don't live in Tottenham. A lot of them, or, or Edmonton, a lot of them probably live in Essex or outside of London. 
Um, and if they live in London, they don't necessarily live in North London. And and net particularly now in this day and age, it, it, it's a global game. We've got international supporters all all over the place. So people have got to, people have got to start from somewhere. Going into the new stadium, we had sixty five thousand people today against Palace. So I've got no fears that we're going to fill the new stadium going forward. I don't have a problem with tourists coming along and watching the game. There's always been a history of clubs buying, buying players to sell shirts and stuff overseas. We did it to an extent with Toda and people like that. Man United have always done it with players. You know, um, you could argue that um, Son brings in a lot of Korean money that we might not necessarily get. Um, but I've got, I haven't got a problem with the tourists coming along and watching. You're never, you're never going to be able to fill Wembley with diehard Spurs fans that have been going all their life and would bleed for the club unfortunately and you have to fill the stadium and if it means that they're, they're deemed as tourists and they come along so be it they might not know the uh, chance on the first time but they'll know them the second time they'll know them the third time and they'll they'll improve the atmosphere mm. like i say they'll become spurs fans and that's it it's you know it, they, if, they, if oh, they're in england for three weeks should we go and see a premier match oh we look we can get a ticket to wembley to go and see tottenham play someone there you go that's money. That's bums on seats. That's what it's about at the, at the end of the day. That bottom line, Daniel Levy will be well happy. But I can see the other argument where it, where it says it detracts from the um, the atmosphere and people don't want to come along, um, or, or you know, or, uh, you know, it doesn't suit the the, the, the fans. But hey ho, I, I, I tell you what, I tell you what detracts from the atmosphere and what I've got a bigger problem with are Tottenham fans that do go regularly. But don't turn up today because it's a twelve o'clock kickoff because it's too early. And I understand that you know people have to travel from from distances and 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 the, and the, the timing, for example, doesn't work. If and you'll know this, John. Um, if, you know a lot of a lot of parents are involved with kids who who play football on a Sunday, so it it, it might not work for them, and they've got to move things around. And I, I completely get that. And but. I do take issue with fans that, that are like, oh, it's been moved to 12 o'clock and I can't do it or I can't be bothered because it's Wembley and that sort of thing. Because they, they're in a position where they can get to Spurs quite reg- regularly and they're often season ticket holders. And by virtue of them not being there, they're, they're not getting behind the team effectively when they when they could be. And... And I've I've got a bigger issue with that. Having said that, quite often those people then end up selling their t- t- tickets, and the lucky re- recipients will be tourist fa- t- uh, so-called tourists, tourist fans who who want to be there. And if they want to be there, then you know who are we to um, begrudge them? They've got just as much as right as anybody. The ticket, nothing's changed, right? The tickets are available the same way they've always been available. Now, if it's stopping. Uh, die-hard fans from being able to get to see the games, then I could see there being some upset. Other than that, if you want to go, you can find a way to go more often than not. So if they're getting their tickets and they're paying from the right way or they are able to get them, then let them have them. Mm. Let them have them. They're all fans. We're all supposed to be fans together. Why should we be judging, you know, judging these people? They want to come watch us? Let them watch us. Um, this is it. I'm, I'm, you know, when they come along, I, I, I've spoken to 
um, foreign fans that have been sat near us and you make them welcome in. It's their first time at the ground. You bring them in, you show, you know, you explain a bit of the history and stuff and you make them welcome and you leave them with a positive impression of the club. You don't sneer at them thinking, oh, why have you come? You try and get them to join the fold and make them feel welcome. That's what we do. That's what being a fan's Absolutely. about. That's why you support your club. We well, have... if you go on, if you go on holiday to Barcelona or Milan or something, what are you going to want to do? Right, you're going to want to go watch one of those teams, right? Yeah, true. Mm. We had um, what was it the Watford game? Um, I was with you. Um, John for that one, and we had Kent 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 Goodrich and his wife Robin over yes, over, yes. over from the states. Kent, um, I, I know Kent, or we, we um, online as it were. We'd, we'd we'd never met in person, and he hello got, Kent, if you're listening, he, hello. He listened to the show, and, and he got in touch with me a few, a few months before that, and and he and he asked if I could if I could help him out with with a ticket, and I said yeah, I, I probably could, and then he said, would you be able to to to, to help with two because he was there with his with his wife Robin and I said well it'd be a bit more difficult but I'll, I'll see what I can do and then he was like you know it's, it's, it's fine if you can't but but if you if you, if you can get to that that would be superb and help them out we, we watched um watched the game together um went up with them beforehand they were there the following week um for the Bournemouth match as well this, this was in April um and you know it, that you're right that that's that's what that's what we do as as fans as as Human beings, we we we, um, we welcome other people, and um, it, for them that might be the only time that the only chance that they'll get to Spurs. I don't know. Hopefully, they'll, they'll be back back again in the future. But um, why not? Why not? And also, uh, these tourists in quotation mark tourist fans, um, the next generation of Tottenham fans, because could come from that you know it, it could it could be it could be a little boy who's there for the first time and he gets that exposure um it's, it shouldn't just be about diehard season ticket holders that go season after season and reminisce about you know um the shelf and and terraces and this that and the other and and and, and the good old days and 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 whatnot you know if, if they're reminiscing about that, they're reminiscing about having a punch up and having coins thrown at each other and, and having a piss on the back of somebody's legs because of the terracing. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to go to. No. Um, well, no, you throw your piss nowadays. You don't. Piss on <laughs> that's true. Anyway, that's true. What an idiot! What a fucking what idiot! What a muppet! Yeah. Um, right. Finally, listening. <laughs> muppet. <laughs> He's been banned from banned from. I think him and his mate have been banned from Spurs for life. For life, um, yeah. Rightly so. What a dickhead. Um, right. Final question, Mark. As it's your first time on the pod this season, it, it's been a while. I think was it? I can't remember the last time we ha- had you on. Um, some point last season. Um, we finish mm-hmm. off with a with a reoccurring question, um, which is um, must know the formula by now. You're on a desert island. Who from the current squad do you vote as leader? And if it all goes Lord of the Flies, who do you eat first? Okay, so I would vote Dyer as a leader because I think the guy's a natural leader and he's composed and his value and worth to our squad is underestimated. So he would definitely be the leader. And if it all went tits up and we had to start eating, then I'd probably recall 
uh, Carter Vickers from Lyme because it looks like one of his mobs have probably lasted a couple of days. He's a big old boy. <laughs> and he's not very fast either. So if he started to, if he tried to run, I don't think we'd have any problem catching him either. So Carter Vickers for sure. Mm. And he's American, so he's probably fatty and tasty too. <laughs> Bit of barbecue sauce. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He could just he could just um, cook in his own own fat. Um, that's a that's a, that's a um, a new addition to the to the menu, Cardo Vickers. We haven't had that one had that one before. We've we've had a few Vanyamas and, and and Sissokos, but well, there you go. It's double barreled as well. It sounds kind of posh. Yeah. What I'll do for the end of the season is I'll go back through all the pods and, and I'll do a, a list of how many people have chosen and who so we can have the most popular choices for being leader in Eton. We, okay. We've we've definitely had we've had one one Toby so far, I think, one um Carter Vickers, but we've definitely had quite a few Sissokos and, and, and Weniamas. Um yeah. based based yeah. on the fact that one of them's quite meaty and the other one's pretty useless. Um <laughs> But there you go. Right, um the next podcast we should be recording Two weeks time, uh, Sunday the nineteenth, I think, day after day after the North London derby. Um, Mark, thank you, thank you, John. As ever, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Nice to talk to you, Mark. And you. And until next time, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. In the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk.